Good afternoon, listeners. My name is Lily, and I'm creating a podcast today for my mass media communications class. The topic that I have chosen to edify myself and my listeners today is nursing. I've had many questions about the field throughout my life, and now I am interested in becoming one myself. I just would like to get more information from current nurses before I completely commit to signing myself up for the nursing program. I have a guest here with me, and her name is Adrian. She has been in the nursing field for 15 years now and is able to share with us her experiences and a few difficulties she has encountered throughout her years. Adrian has been a cardiac nurse, respiratory nurse. She has worked as a hospice nurse as well and in a nursing home. She's been a volunteer nurse at Hope Unlimited and a home health case manager for professional case management. All right, Adrian. What attracted you to this field? I decided to go into nursing because I needed a job that there was always job opportunities and that I would make decent money. Um, and I've always liked helping others. Um, so this was kind of a something that I decided that I wanted to do um, because it filled in all those. I like that. I'm the same. I just felt like I wanted to have the knowledge. I want the knowledge, whether I actually was a nurse or not. I want it for my kids, for anybody I encounter. I feel the same way about that. Um, What has changed throughout your career that has made things easier to do your job or harder? Maybe technology has changed or... Really, there's not a whole lot that's made it easier. Um, Really, most everything is um, a lot harder and more complicated. They always start new programs and they say, oh, it's going to make it easier to chart. It's going to be easier to do this or that, but it always makes it worse. But um, a lot of things that the biggest thing that has caused more problems and made it harder is when we started doing patient satisfaction. Um, When government got involved, Medicare got involved and decided that it was more important for us to keep the patient happy instead of doing your job. Um, there's a lot of times pain is a big one, is a big thing that we deal with. Um, if someone isn't, if they're having some pain and you cannot give them as much pain medicine as they want, or, um, if you can't give them pain medicine at all because of their condition, then they can put, they can chart or they can, uh, say that that they weren't satisfied with care and that goes against the hospital um, and they get less money from Medicare because of it. But there's a lot of times that pain is, you can't give someone pain medicine. Um, if they have respiratory problems, then medica- uh, pain medication can reduce their uh, respirations. If they have mental status changes and you, you need to make sure that they're... Um, not having a stroke or watching something if they've had a concussion and that they could become confused, but they want pain medicine. Um, and if you give them that pain medicine, then you can't tell if it's the pain medicine causing it or if they're actually having um, a medical emergency. Um, there's also a lot of times people will have surgeries and if they have surgery, 
you're not going to be able to take their pain away. You may reduce their pain, but you're not going to be able to uh, stop their pain. Um, another thing, nurses have turned into being waitresses instead of actual caregivers. Patients and families expect nurses to give them food and give them drinks and and kind of be weight on them hand and foot instead of being there to actually take care of the patient. Um, Medicare rules for charting, um, it's where it has become now. You spend less time with the patient and doing patient care because you have so much paperwork that you have to do. Um, everything has to be charted. If it's not charted, it's not done. And so you spend the majority of your time charting. We get a lot of patient complaints of, you know, well, my t nurse is always on the computer, um, and which is true because we have so much charting that we have to do that it, it does take away from patient care. Um, so there's there's a lot, I would say, nursing has gotten a lot harder, not easier um, over the last several years. That's why you're seeing a decrease in nurses. You're seeing a lot of nurses retiring early, um, changing fields, going out of the hospitals into home health, into um, uh, doctor's offices, to insurance companies, to um, things like that, because people don't want to work in the hospitals anymore because it is it's too demanding. It's too... Um, I've heard they're more money-oriented now. Is that true? Um, it is. Hospitals are more about the money. And like I said, if your patient satisfaction scores are down, the hospital loses money. And so um, they're called... Um, well, I can't even think. Press Ganey. They send it out after you come out of the hospital. If And it, it'll say, how was your... It rates everything. Your doctor, your nurse, your stay, your med everything is rated, and it'll and it's like a one through five. It's a it's the best or or the worst, and if it's not the best, if it's not the highest score, then it counts against the hospital, which means that's less money for the hospital, which affects everything. Um, patients are sicker now than they used to be. Uh, people don't they don't come in and. Um, and get better quicker. They, when they come in, they're sicker. And so that makes it harder on nursing is because we have increased patient loads and the patients are sicker. So you're, you're working a lot harder having to have more patients and then, um, so it, it's more exhausting. You have nurses burn out a lot quicker than they used to. So basically, if you don't quote unquote waitress them like you say, then you're gonna get a not yes. a good score. Yes, it's harder you, on you. It's it's all about making the patient happy, not doing what's best for them. And sometimes doing what's best for them doesn't make them happy. Okay, well, how about um, what is one of your worst experiences either with that or between a patient or um. The that's kind of hard. Um, I've had some really bad patients, um, pa patient experiences, um, a lot that will mistreat you, call you names, um, yell at you, and you just kind of have to take it. Um, but um, that usually 
you just grin and bear it and you you just lump it and go on but um you got any crazy experiences you'd like to share <laughs> well I, I did have she was one of my favorite patients we called her pork chop because she um she she was one of our frequent flyers is what we call them it's patients that are that recurrently come into the hospital uh, because they they don't take care of their illness at home so they have flare-ups she was a respiratory patient she smoked a lot but she uh, came into the emergency room and ended up in ICU and um, she was on a BiPAP in the ICU which is um, it was they were using it because her oxygen status wouldn't stay up and so she was in the ICU uh, critical very critical um, and one of the nurses walked in and she had taken off her BiPAP and was eating a pork chop that she had in her, her purse. Um, and when she ended up coming to the floor, in her purse, she, in her purse, <laughs> she had yogurts in her purse. She had pistachios okay. and she would throw them out onto the, she would eat the pistachios and throw the shells on the floor. No, if that ain't country. <laughs> so if you, uh, would walk in you had to be careful because you'd slide on nutshells. Um, but she actually was one of my, my favorite uh, patients. Um, she was hateful and she was, she griped at everybody. Um, but that was, she was one Something of... about her? I, I, I do well with those kind of patients because uh, they usually can, they give as good as they take. And so... Um, it's just easier to, to get along with them, even though they're grumpy. If you learn how to talk to them, um, and deal with them. Yeah. One day she, uh, she wasn't my patient that day. Um, but one of the nurses came out in the hall and she said, Adrian, can you please come in here and do something with her? And, um, I went in there and she was sitting on the bedside commode, smoking a cigarette. Oh. And I <laughs> said, I told her, I said, if you don't, Put that cigarette out. I'm going to pour water over you. And she and I said, I'm going to dump your ice pitcher on you. And she said, can I at least get a good morning? And I said, well, good morning. Put your cigarette out. And so she did. Of course, she knew I wouldn't pour the ice pitcher on her. But she just was, she was, she was something else. I can just say that. Someone happy to come in to okay, see. Yeah. I, n most of the other nurses did not like having her. But I did. Um, I enjoyed having her because she was she was funny. She'd give you a hard time, but as long as you didn't let her push your buttons, she was fine. Um, some of the harder ones that were hospice patients, people that I got close to, and families, and um, that that was yeah. Tell that us was about a harder hospice. Um, emotionally, I couldn't imagine. It it is very draining. Um, emotionally spiritually physically mentally draining it it hits everything um and, and part of the problem with hospice is a lot of times you give so much you have nothing left um you have nothing left for your family um you have nothing left for yourself my average hours were about 65 hours a week and I made really good money, but money doesn't doesn't matter when you're exhausted and you're never off. 
because like at the hospital, you can work three days in a row and those patients that you saw, may, you may or may not ever see again. When you have a hospice patient, you, you, you know you're there with them until the end. Um, I had some patient, I well, one of, one of my patients, um, I had him for two years. Um, I'd had his wife and his wife died and then I had him. So I was very close to him and his family. And so, um, and those are, those are ones that, that stick with you. And it's not like you can turn it off when you get home because you're their lifeline. Hospice is a very, um, hard, uh, draining. It, it is draining because you, you can't turn it off when you come home because you're, the families depend on you. They, they come to be very dependent on, um, you're, you're such a surrogate for them and, and you're, you're everything. You're their, their teacher, you're their support, you're their, um, when nobody else in the world understands what they're going through, you're, you are their lifeline. And so, I like the way you said that. Um, you, a lot of times they will call you even if you're off work or they'll send you messages. Um, if you are off, um, for a week and they don't want any other nurse to come, um, they, they get so attached to you, um, that it's, it's very, Becomes more than a nine to five. It it is. It's not a. It's not a nine to five. It's, it is so much more, and you make such an impact on their lives. Um, I still have uh, hospice families that that contact me, and and if I see them out at the grocery or something else, they still talk to me and how much they appreciate it, and I always feel bad leaving after after my patient dies because. You know, you're with them once, twice, three times a week. You're talking to them. You're with them all the time. And all of a sudden, the fa- the patient's gone. Their, their spouse or their parent um, or their child or their sister or brother is gone. And then all of a sudden, you're gone too. And you've become such a staple in their life that it's it's very difficult for them to go on because it's they've lost everything they've lost yeah all of a sudden there's such a uh there's so many people in their life and then we're all gone and so um that's always and and never having time to actually go back and and be close to those patients later or families later it does take me back to why I went into nursing and what nursing really was because it is such a one-on-one care of a patient and total care. Where in the hospital, it was you treat them and treat them. You patch them up and you send them home. With hospice, you're, you're everything for them. And it's actually taking, taking care of every part of a patient you know their their emotional needs their spiritual needs their mental needs their physical needs and that of their families and so um that's why it's it's very unlikely that people stay in nursing for a long period of time or in hospice nursing for a long period of time because it does take such a toll on people and most people think it's 
it's the death that that drains you but it's not it's it's the everything that comes up to the death it's it's that that all consuming need that comes before the death it's it's not the death that that is what's depressing it's it's everything before that 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 consumes you so it pulls at your emotions do you think you've learned to deal with death outside of hospice or is that i i think as a nurse you learn to deal being a mode unless you are uh unless you are you know a surgery nurse or if if you deal with you deal with death on a floor you deal with death a lot um, not as intimate as hospice, but I've heard to be a nurse that you have to pretty much turn your emotions off. And I'm um, a very emotional person, but I know you have been too. And it's time not change. that you turn your emotions off. It's more that you have to learn to control them better, and you have to be able to separate yourself. Um, there have been times. I was always told it's okay to cry with your patients as long as you they aren't having to comfort you. Um, I try my best not to cry with patients. In hospice, sometimes that was hard. But um, I, I have had times at the hospital, one that that hurt me. I had a, We had a husband and a wife um, on our floor, and the wife was dying. Um, he was on one end of the hall and she was on the other old. They were, they, they were older couple and, um, he wanted to go down and see her. She was actively dying and he wanted to go down and see her. Well, I went to get him and before I could get him down there, she had passed away and I, the doctor didn't want me to tell him till we got, let him get down there. And so I'm pushing him down the hallway and I'm just crying behind him trying to for him not to hear me I'm just just crying because I know that you know I'm fixing to take him in to see his wife that he had been with for years you know probably 50 60 70 years and she had already passed away um I had one a couple um he was a preacher and he was going to surgery and they seems like they had been married 75 years. Um, but anyway, they told him that he probably would not live through surgery, that he would probably die on the, on the surgery table. Um, and, but he had to have the surgery or he wouldn't survive. And I, that was one of the hardest, um, because she, they came to get him out of the room to take him to surgery. And his wife is, walking with him and she leans over and she tells him how much she loves him and she tells him how much she loves him and how much um you know that this this could be their very last time that they see each other and he said he was okay with dying he was a preacher he was a christian he knew where he was going but every i mean it was it was like Everybody lined the hallway when he went down and was standing at the elevator and she was holding his hand because, you know, we were seeing that this could be the last time that they saw each other ever. And so it was so heartbreaking 
but he did make it through the surgery. But, <clears throat> you know, that was one of those times that you're, you're just sitting there, just everybody's bawling and crying because it's so touching. Um, I had another patient, he, he was 98 years old and his girlfriend, um, was, uh, dying and he, he said, um, I've only ever loved two women. I just don't think I'll ever love again. And I kind of got tickled because, and it, it was really kind of inappropriate at the time, but I kind of got tickled because I'm thinking this guy's 98 years old and he's saying I probably won't ever love again. And, you know, it was kind of one of those sweet, cute, but sad at the same time because he would, I mean, he was really upset and I was comforting him, but it was kind of, kind of one of those, yeah, you think you're, about you're it. 98, <laughs> you know, babe, you probably won't ever love again. So, without telling um, <laughs> so, but you never know. I don't know how long he ended up living. So what would you suggest to anybody that wants to be a nurse like me? Would you give me any tippers? Would you say, go find yourself first? Or <sighs> Nursing is not for everybody. And <clears throat> unfortunately, there are a lot of people out there who are nurses that don't need to be a nurse. Is um, there like, is there something that if you can't be a certain way, then you shouldn't be a nurse? Because I've that, had some nurses that really... They're, they did, I guess you could say, a good job. They didn't do their job wrong. They just literally came in, did their job, and left. And it was just kind of for patient care that didn't you have to You have to be compassionate. You have to have compassion. And you have to have empathy. Um, because you're going to take care of people from all walks of life. I have taken care of people on death row. I've taken care of child molesters. I've taken care of... People who have beat their wives, beat their children. I have taken care of the sweet little old lady um, that you love her and her family, and they bring in the treats. And the person that ever, that the hospital says is a VIP, and you need to treat them the certain way. And and you have to be able to treat every one of them the same way, whether it is the the prisoner that's gone to, to jail for life for murder or the sweet little couple that is precious and you just could eat them up and put them in your pocket and take them home with you. Everybody gets needs to be able, you need to be able to treat everyone exactly the same. Um, give them the same care. You don't have to uh, sit and talk to uh, somebody and... and be all happy with them, but you need to give them the same care as you do anybody else. So nobody is more important than anybody else. You have to be able to do that, but you also have to be able to have compassion for somebody when they're in pain, when they're hurting, when they're scared. Um, you have to be able to to be there for them. Relate, maybe, or um, relate, or even if you can't relate, just. Just be there. You're an advocate for the patient. And so you have to um, think about um, what's best for them. You need to um, help them understand what the doctor is talking about. A lot of times patients are getting news that is very scary. You know, that 
they may be told that they have cancer and that they only have so long to live um, or that they're going to have to go through treatments or just different things and they're scared and you have to have that compassion to understand and, and a lot of, I always, I get a lot of families that say, oh, I'm so sorry for the way they're treating you. This isn't normally them and you have to let that slide off your back because I always say people are in the hospital. They're that's not they're not in their normal place. So you can't take things personally. You can't take take it personally when they call you names or if you you don't accept it. You tell them, hey, I, you know, you don't need to talk to me that way. But you can't take you can't take it personally because people are scared, and when people are scared or hurting or don't feel good, they act different. So. You just, you have to learn it. You have it's not you. A, it's something you have to have in you. Can't learn in it's school. It's not something. Yes, there's a lot of people who are straight A nursing students there that are book smart and know everything in and out, but they're not either good critical thinkers or they're not compassionate. And you have to have compassion to be a good nurse. I hear you on that critical thinking. I've heard some stuff. <laughs> yes. Critical thinking is, um, <laughs> I had a patient that was choking on a pickle. Um, I was, uh, on my lunch break and I, somebody came and hollered at me and said, Hey, your, your patient's choking. There's a nurse in there. The nurse was, was giving the patient um, the Heimlich, the patient had passed out. She was trying to hold her up and give her the Heimlich while she was passed out. And, and I walked in and I was like, what in the crap are you doing? Put her down, put her on the floor. You, you have to, if the patient's unconscious, you can't give the Heimlich by standing while they're standing up that you, and, and so I had her put her down and then um, I was like, you know, it, it, I just couldn't understand how, you know, it, it wasn't a, how she thought oh, she was yeah. going to do was it standing pressure. up. And I'm like, you, you have to be able to be like, okay, this is not, this is not how this goes. Um, uh, you know, some of the, this most, most things that are, um, discovered in the hospital, um, that, different techniques and different things like that are things that nurses invent um because you have to figure out how to do I they kept calling me MacGyver in hospice one time because I had I was out in the middle of um Livingston County and I was at an Amish home in the middle of the night of course they did everything by candle or a lantern and I had to give the patient an enema and I didn't have an enema bag. And so I had to um, fix up a tube fitting bag to where I could run it in for an enema. And um, so they all laughed and kept telling me I was a hospice MacGyver. Um, nurses have to use critical thinking. Thinking on your and feet. On some things just like that, you know, just to be able to do their job. Then other times you have to critically think, you know, to take care of a patient in an emergency situation. Um, you have to be able to hold your, your cool um, and process what's going on uh, without panicking. Um, 
And so, you know, there's a, there's a lot to being a nurse. Um, and it's not just book smart. Um, it's, there's, there's, the, the bad. Yeah. A lot of people go into nursing thinking it's not going to be, that it's, it's just kind of what they see on TV and, and it's not. I don't know. TV makes it really, really. Yeah. <laughs> drama. Uh, uh, that one, one year when you're a nurse, you can never watch medical shows again the same way. Um, because you're critiquing everything they do and like the tube feeding going in an IV. Yes, that and shocking asystole and uh, having a non rebreather on a patient. Then there's no oxygen going to the the bag and the patient's mask is all filled up because with with steam because of from their breathing. Um, they couldn't afford the consultant. So, it, yes, but it's, uh, it's always, or the doctor is painting nails or tra- ambulating a patient or and you're like, that doesn't happen in real life. Uh, you don't have doctors start IVs. You don't have, uh, right. doctors <laughs> disimpact a patient. You don't, that stuff doesn't happen. So people think that that's the kind of. So basically, you're Wonder Woman. You said. <laughs> um, sometimes, sometimes. Uh, well, I mean, thank you for all of your information. Well, you're um, very welcome. Thank you for taking the time to get listen to, know to me. Yeah, thank you. <laughs>